episode 208, Nick James, Bums on Seats. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you, words they live by. For example, put the cookie down, origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, the alpha round, and their wake-up question to finish. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, number one best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and high-performance specialist. I'll be your host and guide through this journey. Head over to ayalpha.com. Search Awaken Your Alpha on Facebook, and you'll find a private group for the true fans of the show. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Hope you love it. We're back to the original, the old school, the origin of Arnold introducing the show. My original music. This is the origins. This is what it should be. This is Awaken Your Alpha. Get to the podcast. Okay, so today we have a great one. It's back with Nick James. And I know Nick James from his event, Bums on Seats Bootcamp. Um, And he's the founder of Seriously Fun Business. When you have a business name like that, that's going to attract me as well because a lot of people think, obviously, businesses have to be the traditional way and uh, can be a bit of a slog. But Seriously Fun Business, I think, puts you in the right mindset. Nick's renowned for his strategic business mind and his ability to sell and market basically anything to anyone. Big history of filling big events, getting big names to events, and making them very profitable and fun. Welcome, Nick James. And firstly, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I am, yes. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Really, pre- I always appreciate being invited to do podcasts and interviews and stuff like that. So um, is there anything you'd like to add, highlight, fill out in your brief introduction I did there? Um, not really. I mean, uh, and again, I don't know if this is the bit where I give you my background or not. I'm just going to assume it is. So, I mean, as <laughs> you alpha, say, alpha origins then, yeah. Tell yeah, us a bit yeah. about your origins. <laughs> uh, I kind of got into the events business um, from a very young age. So, you know, as most people that are in this space uh, do, I, you know, I went to Tony Robbins seminars when I was very young, 12, 13 years of age. Oh, man, what um, an experience. But yeah. Most people don't come across that till later, especially if you're obviously based in the UK. Yeah, exactly. I was very lucky. My mum uh, was a Tony Robbins trainer, and so she got me into it very young, so I've, I count myself extremely lucky. And um, then, you know, kind of decided that that was what I wanted to do somehow, didn't really know yeah. how, and um, ended up doing my own events, starting off, you know, in my early 20s, did my first ever seminar, um, teaching copywriting skills. So I had a business as a freelance copywriter. I'd create email campaigns and sales letters and marketing materials for small business owners. Um, was my first business and then realized that the time for money uh, model wasn't really working very well, that it was flawed. And so I started teaching small groups. So my first ever event, got a grand total of eight people in the room. Um, but, you know, it was, it was um, a poignant, event for me because once you learn how to get eight like anything once you've learned how to get eight clients for your business eight customers then it's a scaling operation yeah. so um pretty quickly got to the point where we were putting 50 or 100 150 people in the room at our events fairly regularly and as you already yeah. alluded to adam you know we ended up with um you know kind of 500 600 700 800 people per yeah. event um bringing over speakers like frank kern and Ryan Dice and Yannick Silver and people like that that you know the people listening to this podcast may have heard of. I yeah, I think it's important there as we said about the eight people as well because and especially from obviously coming and attending your bums on seats as um, event as well. It, so a lot of times people assume you've got to have you know huge events and I know you went that way for a bit 
and but you can obviously make it very profitable and very successful on small events as well and it's it's depending on what what fits you and your model and like eight people if you know the skills you have now and I'm sure you could make that very profitable and, uh, you know, you could really well, make a good yeah, business. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, bigger doesn't always necessarily mean better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends what your outcomes are. You know, if your ego wants to run a huge event, and um, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I still like to do occasionally big events because I yeah. like doing it. It's exciting to me. But they're not as profitable as doing smaller workshops. You know, when I look at our Bums on Seats boot camp, we have probably 100 people on average attend those every couple of months and you know those are far more profitable as a single event than any huge conference with 500 600 700 800 people in the room um and yeah i think uh it doesn't have to be huge especially if you're thinking about getting into running your own events um but you know you're not sure you want to take the risk or that you're ready to speak in front of hundreds of people then starting off with a small audience and doing little workshops is a great way for you to to start testing the water and making some profit from it and uh, you mentioned there in sort of your backstory about the tony robbins thing when you was 12 mm-hmm. um and i just wonder we it's really our you know our awakening moment and i don't want to assume just because tony robbins got in the game with you sort of early on when do you feel and obviously i'm teenage years are tough as well so when do you feel like there was a moment when you it clicked you this is it this is you know the the way you're going to go with your life it's never just one is it yeah you know, it takes a long time to become an overnight success <laughs> yeah um and you know it was no different for me you know i had lots of um you know false starts and things like that um with businesses and uh but i think the thing that um for me anyway was the big catalyst was i was running this copywriting business where i was selling time for money and doing okay um and then lost my single biggest client um, which basically almost cut my income in half. And at the time, my uh, fiance at the time, now wife, was pregnant with our first child and I had a wedding to pay for just six yeah. months later. So I didn't have any other choice other than to work out a better way of running the business, to think bigger, to generate more income. Um, so I think oftentimes um, the, you know, the, the, the big explosion or the big, um, uh, you know, the, the rapid progress occurs as a matter of necessity rather than a matter of desire um, yeah. and that's definitely the case for me now definitely when you when your back's up against the wall i, I think you, people generally find a way so where are you um, speaking to us from today um so i'm i'm actually at home in the kitchen because my office is too loud uh, to do a decent uh, audio recording so uh, i'm ju- based just outside solihull um, in a, a little area called Dickens Heath, which is obviously near Birmingham. If those those UK listeners know that Solihull <laughs> is just outside Birmingham, but those of you overseas probably don't know where <laughs> Solihull is, but it's in the middle of middle yeah. of the UK. Middle, yeah. That's what when I yeah to many Americans I usually say I'm from the South of England. You got middle, north. Yeah, we're uh, middle. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Pretty much sorted. Who helped awaken your alpha? And again, I don't want to assume Tony Robbins. I'm sure he's in the mix somewhere. But who um, either inspired you when you were younger, or even people you've you know you've come into contact with and helped shape your uh, your life and your career? Yeah, and and I think you know if you look back to you know, day one, if you like, you know Tony Robbins. I'm 12 years of age. I'm at a seminar in Hawaii with 3,000 people in the room. Wow. And I'm going, this is like nothing I've ever seen before. And it that is crazy. Yeah, it completely <laughs> changed my mindset, my, my I was going to say, because obviously you assume that would, but as a 12-year-old, I mean, was it 
did, was there resistance from you? Were you thinking a little bit like, what, what am I doing here? You know, because no, I, I, I think it was, <laughs> it was so exciting. I just got kind of carried along on a, on a wave, if you like. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, at 12, I decided that I wanted to be in business. But what I thought that meant was get, you know, go through school, go through university, get a job in a company and then work your way up the ladder like everybody else. And, and that, that experience just completely changed that thinking, you know, I, I'm a kid, I, you know, I don't really know anything about business. I'm there with this guy and, I mean, he was, he was relatively modest to be fair, but, you know, it turned out he was, you know, had a multi, multi, multi million pound business. I saw him later on, he's pulled out in his yellow Ferrari. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like and, and I'm thinking, being in that environment just yeah. put me around people that, were, that you, you don't get to meet, yeah. you know, as a teenager otherwise. Wow. Um, so I, th- you know, I think there was, uh, obviously the experience of doing the Tony seminars really helped, but then, you know, met, I was very fortunate to meet a lot of people on the journey. I mean, I always give a, give a shout out to Andy Harrington, who, um, you know, he's one of my best friends, but was also a great mentor to me when I worked for him, um, after I left university, cause you know, that's how I really learned, um, about being a speaker, about running events firsthand from somebody that was doing it. Yeah. Um, so he's been a you know, huge um, in, uh, a source of inspiration and mentorship for me, um, and you know, even to this day, I still have people that I um, that I uh, have mentoring from, or that I follow and that I watch and observe closely. Because I, I don't think you're ever done. I think no matter what level you're currently at in your business and life, there's always somebody who's at a higher level than you are in any different area. And I think there's always. Um, you know, I think it's always good to surround yourself with people that you aspire to be like. I do want to dig into, obviously, your bums on seats and some of the core behind it because, you know, there are a lot of good speakers out there. And I know the biggest worry for, for all of us or most of us, including me, because mm-hmm. I've, I've gone down this road as well, is filling events. You know, yeah. it, you know it's, it, obviously, you've got to be good at what you do. But at the end of the day, if you're the best speaker in the world and you've got an empty room, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a worry. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is very little correlation between your abilities as a speaker and how full or not the room is. There are some very, very talented speakers who are rubbish at marketing and can't fill the room. There are some fairly bang average speakers who are just brilliant at marketing, have mastered that skill, and they seem to put great numbers in the room time and time again. And it's frustrating if you're a great speaker and you're looking and going, well, I'm better than that person, but they're getting much greater results than I am. So it's not easy, um, but you know, I think there are a lot of things. I know there are a lot of things you can do yeah. uh, to make it much easier on yourself. And uh, there's a lot of everyone thinks it's as easy as sending out a few emails, send people to a page that explains what the event's about, a sales page, and then people will buy. Yeah. Um, and there was a time when you could do that, but you know, those days are over, and now you need to be a lot a lot more creative, a lot smarter, and a lot more flexible. Yes, that, absolutely agree. And I, I think it's, it links to that, that, that mentality of people have on this, whether they're you know, a better personal trainer or a, a better coach in something, that they, they focus on that and just sort of get sour grapes. But you, you, you've, got to, you've got to just uh, embrace it and uh, attack it. And if it's a weakness of your, in your, your makeup, you need to uh, go through a system or find someone who's actually done it and you know, copy success, which leads us to what I thought was brilliant, the seminar success circle. I mean, obviously, we're not going to break down the entire thing because this was a two, three-day um, event with you as well. And mm-hmm. even then, I feel like in some areas, you, you, you only get a chance to scratch the surface. 
could you just give us a rundown of sort of the key points of the seminar success circle if, if someone was you know looking to run yeah. an event and you know key areas that you sure. really shouldn't miss yeah of course so um obviously this is an audio podcast so for people's benefit it's a circle <laughs> with six parts to it and i'll briefly explain what those six parts are um so these are the six things that you Actually, have to we're have. Just saying, if you are listening to this, this is a good point. I will do a little, little um, in the, when it goes up the podcast, I'll put the, the seminar success circle. If that's okay, link to this, I'll yeah. put that up. You know. Yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give you an image file so you can cool. just put it, put it out for people. Cool. But yeah, so it's the six parts to it. And these are the six things that you need to um, focus on, have in place if you're going to have a successful um, seminar or indeed seminar business. Um, the first thing, you know, everyone comes to me and they immediately they want marketing tactics. They want to know how to use Facebook ads, how to do great copy, how to use webinars, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's all great, but unless you've got a marketable concept to begin with, then no, no amount of um, clever market, you know, clever um, tactics is going to help you. So the first thing we talk about, and all six parts of it begin with the letter P, the first one's purpose which is what purpose does your seminar, workshop, live event serve in your marketplace? What makes it different? What makes it stand out? Um, and there are, there are a couple of ways that I, uh, or a couple of questions that I ask people to help them uncover what it is that's unique and different about their event. Um, the first one is about um, the audience you're trying to attract. So who specifically is it for? Um, because if your event is for everybody and it can help solve any problem, it's going to be very difficult for you to market and fill that event because it's not, it doesn't speak to anybody in particular. So I always encourage people to either go for a specific audience that you're going to try and attract or at least have a specific result that you're going to promise or problem you're going to solve, yeah. ideally both. So ideally, you'd have a specific audience trying to solve a problem and get them a result. Because then people go, yes, this yeah. is for me. Or, no, it's not for me, which yeah. is fine as well. I think, I, well, that's what I really like about your, your Bums on Seats boot camp name. And I think you, was, you mentioned a story where that wasn't your first choice of a name. Because I, I, I sometimes say, you, you, as entrepreneurs, you like to come up with a cool name that sometimes yeah, people don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, I came up with a few and then, and then um, just asked uh, my database and the people that I'm connected with on social media, just said, hey, which one do you like best? Um, and out of the five that I um, put forward, Bums on Seats Bootcamp got the most votes. But that definitely wasn't my first choice. Mm. But then again, I, you know, I'm, uh, my opinion doesn't count for anything. The people that really their opinions count are my audience, the people that are going to be buying the tickets. So, yeah. you know, it's been, it's been Bums on Seats Bootcamp now for a number of years yeah. based upon the feedback we got. Um, so, you know, think about who's it for. Think about what, I mean, what do people want? They want to fill seminars. So Bums on Seats Bootcamp does yeah. there's on the tin. I mean, it could also be called sold out seminars. It could be called you know, six figure seminars, whatever, yeah. if that was the outcome people were looking for. Um, so, you know, there's a few um, different names we've played around with, but that's the one that seems to resonate most with people. Um, and then the, other, the final question I ask on this is, what can you do that has never been done before? What is it that you, what unique experience can you create for people at your event um, that they cannot get anywhere else? And I think if you nail those things, if you have specificity on who it's for, you, you get very clear on what result they're going to get, what problems you're going to solve, and you can give them something unique and different they can't get anywhere else, then I think you're onto a winner.
people who get the marketing wrong, including me, sometimes you think, oh, I'll get them there, and you know, you and they'll surprise them and over deliver. But unless you get your marketing, you can't hold too much back. You've got to be, like you said, you've got to be very specific in what they're going to get and their benefits, and not just yeah. assume someone's going to turn up and go, oh, this is even better than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the biggest problem is translating the value they're going to get at the seminar workshop or, well, from any product or service for that matter, and translating that into your marketing so that people get it in advance. Um, so yeah, first of all, you've got to, you've got to be clear on what, what, the per, what purpose does your event serve in the marketplace. And then we can start looking at marketing tactics. So the second P is promote. So how are you going to promote it out? And um, you know, we, we have something called the magnetic marketing map, which is five parts. Um, so we look at how you're going to get the leads using maybe Facebook ads, using email marketing, joint ventures, um, using pay-per-click, using YouTube, using whatever platforms you like. Um, so how are you going to get the leads? How are you going to communicate the message out effectively? Then how are you going to capture the leads, whether that's through you know getting people to register for a free event or register for a webinar or whether it's getting them to you know register for a free book or opt-in for a free book or whatever. Then what are we going to do to... Um, to communicate with them consistently and give content and value yeah. so that eventually we can get them to convert and buy. Um, again, you know, a lot of people uh, are still using like outdated marketing, which would be run some ads or send out some emails, send them straight to somewhere to purchase. And unless you've got that capture and content piece, you, you, you might get people that will go straight there and purchase, but if you capture first and people don't purchase, you've still got the ability to follow up. Yeah. And so that, that really is important in the events business more than any other because the likelihood of somebody seeing an event on a certain day in a certain location and being able to make a snap decision there and then about going are pretty slim. So as long as you've captured, then you can do the follow-up and then once they've had time to look at the diary and arrange childcare and time out of the office and whatever – then you can make the set. So it's really important to do that thoroughly, I think. Um, and then just because somebody's purchased a ticket doesn't mean they're going to show up. So then we've got to look at how yeah, do we... I, th I thought that was really interesting to, is, when I was at the event. It's good to hear because if, if you run events yourself, sometimes you're in your own little bubble and you might be thinking, oh, only 70% turned up and there's something wrong with you. Or like you, you, it's nice to hear from you know, an expert who's done this for a long time. It's kind of the ratios of like, what you can expect people to turn up, even if it's a you know quite a high paid event. Sometimes you still, obviously, as you mentioned, you you very rare you get a hundred percent turnout. Yeah, and obviously, you know, if it's a free event and it's going to be a much lower turnout, and if it's a high ticket event, it's going to be a much higher turnout. Um, but we, you know, the, so the third part of the seminar success circle is people. So not only how we're going to get maximum people in the room, but also how we're going to get the right people in the room. Um, and so we've got a number of things we do to ensure that you get maximum show rate but also you get the right kind of people. And if you're appealing to the right kind of people, they'll bring more of the right kind of people with them as well. Yeah. Because, you know, in many cases, I would prefer to have, you know, 30 people in a room that are well qualified and likely to buy from me than 50, you know, people that are just yeah. not. It's not just about bigger numbers. It's about the right ones as well. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really, really key and important. Anyone who's done their own events in the past will probably have experienced that where you've had, you know, a good number of people in the room but just, you know, they either, the, the message didn't land, they didn't take action on it, they didn't really get it, yeah. or that you were, you were offering products and services and they didn't buy because they just weren't the right people. Might yeah, not be, I think, yeah, ooh, I think that's an important point. Yeah. I mean, even if, you, you, you know, you want to really give a lot of value and you, even if your motivation at that stage is, you know, you just want to get people there, that's my thoughts on this 
this free event to, you know, even if it's a very, there's a very low sum, it's just, it's that difference because they've become a, a customer, whether it's, you know, 10 pound, 20 pound, but there's a big difference. If someone's sort of, oh, I, I can't invest 10 pounds to come and see on obviously what you're going to deliver to that kind of level. Maybe that's not the person you wanted there in the first place. It's almost just in principle. You just want to sometimes depending on the situation, um, have a, a fee of some sort, depending on what your outcome is, as you said. Yeah, like you said, definitely depending on your outcome. I mean, we do we do free events, we do paid events, we do everything you can possibly imagine, different models, we've tested yeah. everything. Um, and so we still do free events. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, getting the right people in the room isn't just about having them pay. Yeah. It's about the the targeting that you do for your marketing. So, you know, which joint venture partners you yeah. work with and other audiences a good fit for you. How you do your Facebook ads and the yeah. targeting is important as well. So there's a lot of different things that contribute. Well, that's, that's, I mean, it came across the when looking at your, your um, on the Bums of Seat seminar. It really is a science. And, you know, some people just want that straight answer. But like you said, if it's a free event, a lot of people can do them and just absolutely mess it up. Whereas, like you say, it can be done and it can be put into your model and in the right place. But it's got to be a, yeah. a kind of a piece of your business model. It's got to be thought out in the whole yeah. thing. It took me about eight months to get the free event model right mm. through testing <laughs> and spending money. Well, but the fact is, the reason that most people fail in this business is because they give up too soon. Mm. So that so you know they're um, they let's say for argument's sake, somebody goes right. I'm going to run my own. I'm going to start one of my own events. I'm going to test a free event. I'm going to spend a thousand pounds on Facebook advertising. They do it. They get a few people to turn up. No one buys anything. They give up. They go, I spent a grand, didn't make anything back. I yeah, give up. That's that. And that's what, and, and, you know, when I first started doing these free events, you know, we, we were barely breaking even and I like to think I know what I'm doing. Mm. Um, you know, and now the same, the same structure, but just having tested it and tweaked it a little bit, um, you know, we're now at a point where we can get like a five to one return on investment on spend on ads. And that's just because we tested everything. Wow. Um, yeah you know for the last eight months and so you know you got to you got to keep doing that um yep. so the fourth part's profit which is obviously really important because otherwise running events can just become a very expensive hobby mm -hmm. uh, and so you've got to look at all the different ways that you can monetize the seminar so there's the obvious ones selling tickets back of the room sales of other events of products of services you might have but there are a lot uh, there are a lot of others as well that that people don't consider and don't think about like when somebody's registered for your event, whether it's free or paid, is there an upsell on the thank you page to another product or a premium ticket or something like that? Um, you know, uh, also depending on how many people you're expecting, can you offer sponsorships as well to other complementary businesses that work in a similar space to you? So a lot, a lot of the revenue that we generate from our boot camps and from our other larger events is through sponsorships from companies that we're associated with. Um, and in doing all of that, that's not just so you can be greedy and make more money. It also means that you can make the event more profitable. Therefore, you can afford to spend more money on advertising. Therefore, you can get more people in the room. Therefore, you can help more people grow the business quicker. So it's not, and, and by the way, if you've got a good relationship with people who are sponsoring, let's say, and they're paying you to sponsor and then they're getting a good return on that investment as well, that's just good for everybody. It's a real win-win. Um, so it's important to look at all the different ways that you can generate income from the events rather than just looking ticket sale, back of the room sale. You know, I like to look at everything and also looking at the cost as well and seeing what we can do to um, keep them as low as possible so that you've got maximum profitability from the event. Yeah. And also give people a good experience at the same time. Cool.
And we've got, we've got two left, I think. Two left. So the, the next one is, uh, is plan, which is about giving people an epic experience at the event. So this is everything to do with where you're going to host it, when you're going to host it, what hours, what days of the week, um, what venue, uh, you know, all of these different things. You know, obviously, if you're running like a free event, um, you're probably not going to spend fortunes on all of these things. If you're running an event, which is like a exclusive high-end retreat, then you can't do it at the, you know, at some pop yeah, might be in might be in a Hawaii with Tony Robbins then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if it's yeah. going to be an expensive event, you need to have it. So the, the, you got to look at the logistics of the event as a whole, look at the costs of doing it and what people are expecting and make sure those two things kind of marry up. Um, and then finally, you've got the, the program itself i.e. what content are you delivering, what's the agenda, if you've got other speakers, where do they slot in, mm. so that you've got a nice balance between providing great value and serving the people in the room, but also doing it in a way that's conducive to sales so that you're meeting your outcomes and theirs as well. Awesome. Well, no, I hope people have found that useful. And I didn't know we scratched the surface. And but obviously, yeah, I'm just giving you a three-day seminar in like. <laughs> and obviously, we're going to have uh, Nick's contact details, so you can you can follow this up if you uh, that caught your attention. Um, so I just want to ask as well, when was and we're going to do the kind of the two flip sides of this. When was the the moment or a moment when you thought actually? I've done, I've done quite well here. You know, I know it's a lot of times entrepreneurs well, don't stop to smell the roses off, give themselves a pat on the back, and that can be quite self-serving. But when was the time when you thought, ah, blind me, or that went maybe better than you thought? It's a good question. No one really ever asks this, but um, I'm, I'm probably a bit of a freak in that I've got very, very, very high standards yeah. myself. For the, you know, so it's rare that I actually achieve, I've got such high standards, yeah. it's rare that I hit them. You know, and I have occasionally, and those have been amazing times where, you know, we've set outcomes for putting on a big event and doing like half a million pounds in sales and we overachieved yeah. and it was phenomenal. Um, like for me, if, if it was, it'd be something like if I high-fived Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. I think for me, for me, the big wins haven't even really been financial a lot of the time. Um, I remember in, you know, in the very, very early days, I definitely... Uh, I definitely enjoyed the wins and it meant more to me in the early days, mm. if I'm being honest. And I think, you know, that's something that's easy to, once you have some success, it's easy to, for it to just, um, to take it as read that you're going to always have that success. And, you know, so in the early days when I think about getting my first clients when, you know, I really needed it, <laughs> yeah. um, I probably appreciated it a lot more than celebrated it more than I do now. But some, some of the, you know, you said like high five in Arnold Schwartz, <laughs> but for me, um, booking, uh, booking Frank Kern to speak at yeah. my event. You know, I'd been following Frank for years. Um, you know, definitely uh, was a bit of a fanboy and looking up to him. Yeah, uh, kind of idolised him a bit, and then to book him to speak at my event. That was more of a magic moment to me than making half a million pounds in sales yeah. at that event because awesome. that for me was like that was something that I'd wanted to do for years. Um, so you know, th those little. Those little wins, I think. I think probably like you know the example you just said. It's for me. It's more the people that I've associated with and connected with. Yeah. And, and I think a byproduct of that is the financial success. But I think that that's the thing that gives me most of the the most buzz, probably. Awesome. And I suppose on the flip side, when was um, probably one of you, or it doesn't have to be your dark state. It could be when you think 
right up there as one of your biggest failures when you just, I, you didn't necessarily have to take your eye off the ball, but you thought, oh, I've had a shocker here, or it's gone completely pear-shaped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, been, there's been more of those than they have the highlights, probably. <laughs> um, well, you know, because, uh, you know, that's, that's business. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it has its ups and downs, and um, we all make mistakes. Um, and, you know, I had some very, very harsh learning experiences um, that I can think of. Like the, the one that, um, whenever I get asked this question, it jumps to mind was, um, you know, I am naturally, like, again, I think anyway, naturally pretty good at marketing, selling. Have I always been? Probably not, but, you know, I've built that skill and I'm pretty yeah. good at it. But what, what I'm very bad at is attention to detail. So I have people in my team that are really good at that stuff. But I'm not a details yeah. person at all. So, so consequently, before I had a team and it was really just me, yeah. there was very harsh learning experiences, one of which I'll tell you about now, where I'd done a very good job of sales and marketing and not a very good job of the management of the delivery. And therefore, I had some dissatisfied customers. Um, and one, one time in particular, I'd, I'd sold um, a small, small number of people, quite a high-priced program, um, and you know, generated probably 40000 £50,000, which at the time, to do that in one month was a huge mm -hmm. amount of money. Um, and basically, a few months down the line, um, I'd completely ballsed it up and had dissatisfied customers that were asking for the money back. Yeah. And yeah, I had to, actually had to take out a personal loan um, to uh, to keep the business afloat, yeah. To, to pay them back, um, and you know, did did pay, came to an agreement with them, and, and refunded them, and uh, which I think was the right thing to do with hindsight. But yeah, I, you know, that was a real harsh learning, and so I think it's important for everybody, um, regardless of what business you're in, whether it's events or whatever. I think it's really important to know your strengths, but also know what your weaknesses are as well, and then either decide that those weaknesses are areas that you're going to commit to developing or accept that they're not your strengths and then hire or yeah. get resources in that can make sure you don't fall short in those areas. Yeah, no, I, I can really relate to that uh, example. I like that a lot. <laughs> so um, what's a particular, we call it our alpha quote, a quote that either you hear or you, you like to look at or it just maybe it just represents how you like to live your life or approach your life? You can do anything, but you can't do everything. Um, and I don't even know where that comes from. Um, I don't know if it's something I heard once and then just repeat it a lot, or if it's yeah. something I came up with. I've got no idea. But it's it's so true in, in business, in life. It's you know there, there are there are so many things that you know. So many, think about it from a marketing perspective. How many different advertising platforms are there? Different tactics and strategies you could yeah. run with. How many people are trying to sell you the latest shiny object that's going to you know, give you leads on autopilot immediately? All that stuff. There's so much you can do, but you can't do all of it. And so you know, what I think is important is that you, you understand that and go, right, okay, what are we going to focus on so that we don't, we don't do everything because we can't, um, that, we, that we ensure that we, um, we focus to get the result we're looking for. Is there a kind of a resource and you, you can go completely, if something pops to mind specifically to kind of what we've been talking about with the sort of the seminars and that kind of business or a, a useful resource or hack that you use in your daily life? So there's, there's a few things that I do um, kind of religiously, which I think are really important. Um, I, I really think that your business is a reflection of you. Um, you know, if you're 
performing, if you're in a good state, if you're on fire, your business will be on fire. If yeah. you're, you know, having a shocker, if you're, <laughs> uh, you know, if your energy's low, if you're not um, rocking and rolling, then your business is going to suffer um, because the business is a reflection of you. So I think in order to be successful in business, then you've got to make sure that you're successful in other areas too. So, you know, a few things, a couple of key, quick things really that, that are important to me. I think, you know, you're looking after your physical body, making sure that you're um, exercising. Now, this isn't me preaching that you have to go to the gym every day, but I just find that when I do, I feel better. And when I feel better, I'm a better leader in my business. Therefore, my performance, the performance of my team is better. And therefore, the results we get is better. So, you know, for me, regular exercise is really important. You know, I'm not going to lie and say I exercise, go to the gym every single day, but it's, you know, definitely more often than not, four or five times a week. And, uh, you know, uh, and then the other thing is, um, which is something I started doing recently, actually. Um, I, um, for many years now, actually, have done a, a process every single year. Like most people do goal setting every single year, coming into New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a process that I've been using for probably seven, eight, nine years. Um, and it's actually from a book called The Best Year Yet. I don't remember who it's by, so okay. I apologize. But I'll find out. Um, there's a process that me and my family, we go through every single year without fail. Um, and what I find, or what I found this year, was that I look back at my previous year and some of the things I've achieved and I feel really good about it and then other things that I haven't. And the reason that I haven't probably is because I just didn't focus on them consistently throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and so what I've done is um, I took like, the, the key parts of that process, the real things that were most important. And very simply, typed them out onto an A4 sheet of paper. I've got one copy next to my desk at the office on the wall. I've got another copy on my bedside table. And I review them every single day without mm. fail. Um, so I think that consistency, I've also, again, don't know if people are into this, but then I, what I also did was take, take those things and put them into like a vision board. So mm. there's, there's a visual representation of them as yeah. well, not just have them written out. And that's my screensaver on my laptop. Also, I want to ask, who would you recommend um, would be a great interview, even from your network? And it, we usually ask maybe one or two people because you can go for kind of the one that you think, you know, is a hidden gem that maybe you know and other people might not know, or also someone you think I probably couldn't get. <laughs> so you might have met him. He's, he was a speaker at one of my events that I think you are at. Adam, uh, Siam Kid, do you know Siam? Uh, yes, and I, I, obviously I stayed and watched his session, absolutely loved it, and because um, he, he wasn't there I think the next day, because I, I put it, I like, he, again, like, really, really different I thought, unique, and I really liked his, uh, his personality, and I yeah. thought it would be a great one, yeah, and I thought, and again, his sort of, his, what he's obviously into, the Forex trading, it's an area that Personally, and I know probably a lot of people are always like, want to know what exactly is that and, you know, how is it done? And Yeah, yeah what, what I think is great is he, he, he talks about it in a very realistic, non-hypey way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, tells you the truth, not what everybody wants yeah, to tell you. Yeah, it's not a get-rich-quick thing. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's and, very... and, he, and he's it's not like he, you know, builds his wealth from teaching it. He builds his wealth from doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and teaches a bit on the side. So I think Simon could be oh, brilliant. interesting from a wealth. I'm glad you said that, yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously you've already probably connected with him at, at one or two of our events. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. And in closing up, is there anything um, you want to leave us with? Any words of wisdom? Or also, is there a question you thought I was going to ask and I didn't, or you wished I'd asked? So it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really, um, I think probably if there was any words of wisdom to leave you with, I, I'd probably come back to something that, that came up there towards the end, which is I really believe that um, your business 
is a reflection of you. And so I think, you know, like working on you, your personal development, your education, um, whether that's around health and fitness, whether it's around relationships, whether it's around um, marketing, whether it's around any of these things, I think consistently developing and, and uh, learning for yourself personally is really important so that you can maintain good state, good energy. Because if you do that, um, I mean, that's everything. State, yeah. state is everything. I think you could, you could be successful in business with very, very little knowledge or understanding just by being in a great state all the time because people are being magnetically attracted to that energy. Um, so I think that, that in itself is probably the one secret if there was one. Yeah, cool. And what's the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more about all we've talked about? Yeah, cool. Uh, so, well, a couple of things. Um, come to the main website, which is uh, seriouslyfunbusiness.co.uk. Um, so all of our contact information stuff's on there. Or um, on Facebook, they can find uh, our page, which is called Nick James Seriously Fun Business. So you can find our page on Facebook as well. Probably the two best ways to connect. Did I see recently, potentially, Gary Vaynerchuk could be a something going this year? Potentially. Potentially. So I just put it out. So head over to Seriously Fun Business and uh, I saw a little post and say, yes, Gary, come over. And uh, yeah, no, very cool. So all the best with that. <laughs> and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed it. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. This is the origins. This is what it should be. This is Awaken Your Alpha. Head over to ayalpha.com. Search Awaken Your Alpha on Facebook. Find our private group, great community, the true fans of the show. We interact with all the guests and myself on a daily basis. Awaken Your Alpha is well and truly back. Join the alliance. When this interview was being recorded, it was actually um, the night that just after this interview, I think Nick James signed Gary Vaynerchuk, officially signed to come over to Expert Empires that is going on so early May 2017 over in London, Expert Empires. So we talked briefly on about that, but Nick was uh, uh, cautiously cagey because obviously he was waiting on that result. And just after the interview, um, the next day he put it out that Gary was confirmed. So I'm going over to that event. So if you are hearing this, and you're in the, in, your, in the UK or in London or even anywhere in the UK or anywhere in the world, you can still get tickets. Get your butts over there. It's going to be about five, 600 people. It's going to be apt or more even. Um, but that is going to be absolutely legendary. Please do go check out Expert Empires um, and you'll find that on the show notes and the links. But that's going to be a very cool event. Um, and I uh, might see some of you there. Cheers.